Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode. Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. It's an exciting day to hear in Washington, D.C. area, and we're joined today with someone on the other side of the coast from Washington State. Jason Thane has joined us from Gen UI, and we'll talk about the name of his organization in a little bit. But he's the co-founder and the current CEO of Seattle-based engineering and software development firm, Gen UI, and he's brought over 50 software products from concept to market, utilizing a passion for organizational development and creating values-based cultures that are built on a highly collaborative and diversified teams. His experience building those teams and only working with those external partners who share his values forms our basis for our discussion and our talk today. Because let's face it, on the Teamwork Advantage, we focus in on teamwork, leadership, and culture. And culture is driven by values. He puts those values into play every day and not just in the office. He takes it beyond the office with personal examples, including creating an internship program for El Salvador engineering students, community volunteer work, including the Seattle Children's Hospital, and the Coalition for Business uh, for Racial Justice, as well as other pro bono work. I'm excited. Jason and I have never met before. This is an exciting talk. I'm excited to get going with this, and let's see what we've got. Jason, welcome to the Teamwork Thank you, Advantage. Greg. Yeah, pleased to meet you. It's so great to be here. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity to appear on your program. Well, this is always a lot of fun. I love talking about culture because I believe the culture drives everything else and drives the decisions. I was just looking on your website, GenUI, and it is Gen, G-E-N-U-I.com. So if I say it fast, sometimes it doesn't come out right. And I was looking, and you've got your values right there prominently displayed on your, on your website. So I just want to kind of get a little bit about your background and what's brought you to where you are today. So give us a little background there. Yeah, thank you very much, Greg. Um, you know, so I started my career as a software engineer and uh, became a software product manager, um, building one of the first browser-based uh, sub subscription music clients uh, for a company called MusicNets. Uh, back in, in New York City in the, in the early part of the 2000s. And, um, you know, uh, basically uh, in the mid 2000s, I got very interested in mobile computing and the idea of having a, a high quality internet connected computer in my pocket. Um, and now, of course, that's become a fact of life. Um, back then, it was a very exciting idea. Um, and I decided that I wanted to center my career on uh, the idea of creating software uh, to be mobile and to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because as you're saying that, I'm reminded of a quote that came from the president of DEC, Digital Equipment Corporation. I believe it was 1976. And he said, I can see no reason anyone would want to have a computer in their home. <laughs> and now we've got them in our pockets. Absolutely. Well, I guess it's kind of coming true, right? Because now uh, the vast majority of computing happens in mobile fashion and all design today is mobile first as Absolutely. it should be. That's what Absolutely. we have with us all the time. And uh, it's just the most natural way to use this resource of computing. It is. So there is no doubt about it. And we've got more technology in our phones today than the technology that took uh, Apollo 11 to the moon and back. Yeah, by a and, lot. 
Yeah, by a lot. Exactly. And that's just fascinating in that. So you got your bachelor's degree. I think I saw that you got your bachelor's um, in uh, Washington and you also went to Montana. Is that right? Yeah, actually, that's not true. I, um, I dropped out of Montana State University and, uh, and came over to the University of Washington and I dropped into the University of Washington and completed their technology entrepreneurship program. Um, and so uh, I'm a little bit unconventional in my path. Uh, I think like many entrepreneurs and company founders, I uh, had a, I followed a different path and for yeah. better or for worse, it's been, uh, it's been, I think the, the road less taken, proverbial uh, road less taken, but it's been, it's been a good one. Absolutely. So once you've gotten out of school, you immediately started uh, Gen UI, is that right? No, no, no. I, um, I spent 10 years as a software engineer and product manager. Okay. Uh, so you were with another right. company before you got this all going. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. right. So Gen UI came around in uh, 2009. Um, and that's right about when the Apple, um, the iTunes app store launched. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really the background for, you know, how we launched the company. Although I had been, um, building and selling mobile apps on the windows mobile platform for many years before that okay so i'm sure in your time working with other organizations that you work with companies that uh, may have said they have a values based organization or they value this and then they may not have valued that so what drove you to where you are today about just so passionate about values yeah you know um the funny thing about values is that uh, everybody has slightly different values. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we see that all the time. Um, and values, um, you know, are an optimization for choosing one thing over another thing. And I read a, a very interesting book this weekend about uh, the lessons of history by Will and Ariel Durant. It's a fascinating little book, short, short little book. But uh, one of, one of the things they claim, they make wild claims in that in that book. And one of them is that morals in society have changed over time. And they change okay. to suit the needs of society, uh, where um, you know, in in our very ancient history, uh, you know, it, our our morals were very different than they are today because those are the behaviors that uh, that created the survival of the individual and the survival of society. And so, um, I think the same thing is true for values in an organization. Um, and uh, every organization has different values. Every uh, you know, culture has different values that optimize for different things, but they're functional. Values make the organization work because they guide the decisions and they align the decisions across the organization that are made. If you share values and you know you have values in common, then you can be more confident that everybody's making the same sort of decision. So an example of this is, you know, as an entrepreneur, when I started out, um, you know, I think I think for a while we really struggled to create uh, alignment in building our leadership team. Um, in particular, in the past, you know, we've heard some people who um, just weren't a fit. It just became very clear that they were out of step, sort of marching to a different beat, and uh, and and uh, that was a surprise, and and you know, it was not apparent in the hiring process that that was going to be the case, and so. Um, this, this is something I struggled with quite a bit, um, and the solution really came, you know, a few, few years ago, I came across a really powerful idea, um, and this is with the help of a little marketing agency here in Seattle. Uh, they're known as the Belief Agency, and they work with this really powerful idea um, that is that every organization should be founded on a belief. So some examples of this are 
uh, the United States, the belief is that all people are created equal. They said it differently back then, but, but you know, today it's all people are created equal. Mm -hmm. um, the, another example is that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the, the founding belief is that everyone deserves the opportunity to live a healthy and productive life. And another example is that uh, Nike, I love this one, at Nike, the belief is if you have a body, you are an athlete. It's not be like Mike. Maybe that was their old slogan. But no, no, nobody between can be a like slogan Mike. and a value. Yeah, he's, he's Mike. Nobody can be like Mike. Um, now it's if you have a body, you are an athlete. And that's a, that's a wonderful belief. And so, um, you know, with them, we, we did this process where they dug through all of our historical materials and looked at all everything we produced in the past and then came, brought us together and we came up with the belief. And once we did this, everything clicked. So the belief for GenUI is that the future will be built together. And so that's a profound belief in collaboration as fundamental to innovation. Um, it's almost expressed in terms of the opposite, right? The opposite of, of the value there is um, that somebody can go off alone and build uh, you know, the next great software product in, in, in a basement somewhere, mm -hmm. uh, the, the solo hacker. Our belief is that those days are over. And to really accomplish innovation, you have to do it by fostering togetherness, collaboration, by bringing in all perspectives and diverse minds into right. the creation of a solution. It, it takes that. I mean, I'll, I've often talked to people about Henry Ford. Everybody, you know, some people that are not totally into it think Henry Ford invented the automobile. Of course, he did not. And then they yeah. say, well, he, he invented the assembly line. Well, he had the right. idea for the assembly line. And he brought the team together with different skill sets to make it happen. Right. So, right. you know, I even refer to the fact that, you know, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, uh, Henry Ford, uh, they were very creative gentlemen. Uh, then you look at uh, some of the women in the world. Um, they're very, very creative, but not necessarily innovative because I believe individuals are creative and it takes a team to come together to be innovative. How, does that fit in with you, what your thoughts are? Yeah, to, you know, today we're engaged in knowledge work. Uh, our company mm -hmm. uh, deals in knowledge work. And, and in order to be successful in knowledge work, it's, uh, you know, it's not, not so much an assembly line as it is the union of minds coming together to own a solution together. A right. solution that's owned by just a single person is a dangerous solution because that person can win the lottery some people say that person could be hit by a bus, but I, I prefer to say it uh, positively. That person could win the lottery and go somewhere else. Uh, so, um, you know, when you create a solution, you want it to be owned by a group. You want it to be built collaboratively. That's our core belief. Mm -hmm. So um, what we realized um, is once we had this core belief, it became the foundation of our system of values. So all of our other values and the, the optimizations we make that run our business and that allows us to grow the business um, they're all rooted in um, this single uh, belief in togetherness that's fundamental to innovation. And so suddenly we were able to use that as a lens to evaluate, to find and hire the right people, to bring them into the group, and then to get everybody talking about the same thing. And that proved to be really powerful. That, uh, you know, has, has led to us being able to, you know, bring some of the best the best people we've ever, you know, I've ever worked with in my career together into the same company, something I'm very proud of. Right. And that goes back um, in, uh, oh boy, uh, good to great book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
you get the right people on the bus. I That's mean, you right. got to find the right people that have the same values base that falls into that. And what you're just talking about there is basically your first value that you've got on your website is don't go it alone. And that's, that's, that's so right. key. That's so that's absolutely right. key. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about, let's get outside of your organization at GenUI and tell us what a culture or an organization looks like that has been built on the values type situation. I think the, um, you know, the, the symptom of a values-based culture is that people have a lot of fun um, and it just, it feels more uh, authentic, productive, enjoyable um, to be surrounded with people that share your values because um, you can finish each other's sentences or if you're all dressed in development fans, you would say finish each other's sandwiches. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, when we, we actually share a culture of, uh, of trading obscure uh, film uh, quotes, uh, you know, quite a bit. So when you when you're around people that have that same idea in mind, um, it's it's more fun. But I mean, the business result is that you get more done because um, you can you can make better assumptions about what your colleagues are about to do, mm -hmm. uh, what the way your colleagues are thinking about addressing a problem, and the way that you're going to address it together. Um, you're already in alignment, and so. Uh, I would say that your culture and your purpose, um, you know, becomes more solid. It remains more stable over time. Um, and it's, you know, that's characterized by, uh, you know, greater, greater productivity and more fun. So how would you speak with someone who says something to the effect of, if you've got an organization where everybody thinks alike and does that type of thing together, being too much like Stepford Wives, um, how... How do you make sure that we're not falling into that category where we're just doing everything the same way? Well, one of our values is, I mean, actually several of our values are about that. And um, the, 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 you know, on the, the first one is to uh, be your authentic self, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we want everybody to bring their diversity of perspective. A group of diverse minds all working in collaboration to solve a problem. That's how we operate. Um, but even more profoundly, another uh, one of our values is to hold space for one another. So, um, you know, we, we accomplish that by um, allowing and encouraging, you know, diversity of opinion and perspective. Um, so it's, uh, even though people can share values, they may not share facts. People have different sets of facts that can be fed in, into the solution and different perspectives. So. Uh, value sort of gives you direction, but, um, you know, the diversity of opinion takes into account that everybody will have a different perspective. Exactly. And that makes sense. And that's where I wanted to make sure we got the clarity on that, because we don't want to get into a step for wives mindset where it's done that direction. Right. So, yeah. So when, when an organization is trying to go it and they, they're not there yet, and they're trying to get the values-based organization and get it there, and they're there, but they're not there. What are some mistakes the companies will often make? Um, I would I would say that uh, presuming that um, you know one person or a small committee can go into a room and sit down and write down what the values are. Um, that's actually the same thing as going alone. When we say don't go it alone, that's, uh, we actually call it cavemaning. If you go into the cave and you say, I'm going to go create the values and come out and it's going to be right. 
Instead, what you need to do is have a very inclusive process that builds consensus around your values. And it's, it's actually a process of discovery. It's not saying what we think the value should be. It's taking a close look at the business and discovering what the values are. And there's a trick we learned for doing this that's really awesome. It's a super fun exercise, um, which is you sit down as a group and you think of the people within the organization who have qualities that if you could clone those qualities, um, you would dominate the market. They create so much business value, those qualities that um, you know that it's just what leads you forward. So you think about the people you work with and think, oh, you know, um, so-and-so has just excellent, uh, you know, business acumen. They really stick to the policy and the model that makes our business successful. Okay. And if, if only everybody shared that, we, we would really lead forward. Or, you know, so-and-so is so innovative. You know, they're always thinking of a, of a new solution, um, you know, that's outside the box. Um, if everybody did that, that, that would be so, um, you know, a powerful for our business. And so you make a list of these things and then that, that actually shows you what values are out there existing in the organization that really all you need to do is bring those into the collective conversation and put them on the pedestal and say, you know, this is really what drives our business forward and creates success. With your values at GenUI, okay. Um, have they been the same? Have they changed? Have you adapted over the years or what? That's the other critical aspect is that um, you have to understand that they're not going to be static and that's a good thing. Right. You want them to be, so ours have changed. Uh, they're always changing and they're always improving. Uh, you you want to go forward, but not backward. Uh, you don't want them to change so much that nobody knows what they are but you do want to build on them. And I found that one critical way that we build on them is by bringing new people into the organization. They'll share uh, you know, our core values, but then sometimes they'll bring a new one. And that's uh, super exciting. That's, that's really wonderful to realize somebody else has this capability that can be inspirational to everybody else and can be built into a culture. I remember when we hired one of our colleagues, he showed up with um, stickers with his values on them. One of them is uh, practice empathy. Um, and, and that's that, on your list today. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, we actually, you know, brought that right in the value system exactly as you said it. And that, that's just wonderful to, uh, mm -hmm. to, to recognize that in somebody that's a part of the organization. Right. I'll read right from your website. It says practice empathy. We can solve bigger problems when we think beyond ourselves. That's right. And that is so powerful, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, and that comes into play. I talk a lot about building trust and being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be vulnerable there. And that kind of plays right into that. Yeah. Um, vulnerability is this idea of safety, creating safety for others. Mm -hmm. is one Which, of our, our values. Exactly. And we go back and that comes right into Maslow's theory on, on there is everybody's got to have a safe place to work. Right. If you're, if you're not off that bottom layer of Maslow, you're never going to innovate because right. you're afraid for survival. You're dealing with, survival issues. It's mm -hmm. only when you're elevated on the, the pyramid that you get into real creativity and innovation. Right. Which is what we do, it's what we, uh, what our work is. So. Right. I live just outside of Washington, DC and right near what is now called the Walter Reed Army Medical Center of blah, 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 blah. It's the Bethesda Naval Hospital. Uh -huh. And 25 years ago, 20 years ago, even 
I could take my bike and go for a ride to that campus. It was beautiful. And then we had that little thing called 9-11. And safety was so paramount for them hmm. that it's become a secure military base now. And I can no longer take my bike there because I don't have a pass to get on the campus. And so th that's so important that there's different levels of safety to hit the Maslow base to make sure people then can feel comfortable to become creative. Yeah, safety, the word safety is actually a double-edged sword, and we have to be really careful with it yes. because it can mean risk aversion. But the way we want to use safety is exactly the opposite. It's risk tolerance because you have a safe foundation. Right. Um, I have always been a risk taker in my life, and I really owe that to my parents um, who created a very safe environment for me as a child. Mm -hmm. That allows me to be a risk, a risk taker. Right. And that's, um, you know, that's the same philosophy we have at the company. Let's make people safe, hold space for them in the words of Brene Brown, uh, so that they can elevate, uh, to, you know, to risk taking innovative behavior. That's what we do for a living. That's what we sell. So we have to have that foundation of safety to enable that. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not the same way. My mother was extremely cautious. My father was a risk taker, and they blended. Yeah, yeah. And then my wife and I were the same way, you know, that same approach. She, I, I was a risk taker. Sometimes I would take a little too much risk. Yeah. Reel yeah. back in a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's you, how it works. You got to have that, that, that balance situation. You know, um, other, or other organizations might not have this value of safety. In right. fact, it's very common in enterprise, uh, you know, when you have a successful operation that is performing, it's measured on performance, uh, and it's at scale. Uh, a lot of times there's no safety at all there because anything that anybody does that disrupts the performance of that organization comes with a huge financial cost. So many times those cultures have a different value system. They are not safe cultures. And they really can struggle with innovation for that reason. So part of what we do is we can create our own safety bubble where innovation can happen. We can engage the client in that safe, safety right. innovation um, without disrupting the, the culture that they have based on a, a different value system. Right. And it's not saying that either culture or any value system is right or wrong at that situation either. No, they all drive business in their own way. They're all right. critical to the business success mm -hmm. and to the health and, and success of the organization in a different way. I really like the way you said that, though. You, you create a bubble so that it allows people to get innovative and a side different, and then it's not affecting the other sides of the values. That's right. That's uh, you know commonly known as a skunk works. Uh, is a place okay. where you that can one go, I have not heard. You can go apart. You know, uh, well, skunk works was like. Uh, Lockheed Martin's, um, you know, secret airplane development program that produced the SR-71 Blackbird. Uh, but, you know, we, we think of a skunk works as a safe place where wild rapid innovation can happen that normally wouldn't be possible within the structure of the value system of the other organization. And that's part of what we can do for our clients uh, is okay. to facil facilitate and create that level of innovation or it might not be possible within their own organization. Right. And, that, and that's key because that brings me to the next point. A lot of our listeners may work as managers, frontline, second level, second tier. We get, you know, some of the CEOs and a lot of what we're talking about, the values people think have to stem from the very top of the organization. They must come from the CEO. 
And realistically, I don't think that's true. And I don't know how you feel about that. I think a CEO has to listen very carefully and, mm -hmm. and examine the organization closely to understand what the values are that, that drive success in the business. That's a big part of the CEO's job. Right. Um, so the CEO is like the curator of the values, not, not the originator. Of not the originator. That's right. So what can an individual team, can an individual team create its own values within an organization? Um, to the extent that it has a kind of a firewall, I think, I think that's it, important. It must be congruent with the rest of the organization. Yeah, it either has to fit within the structure of the other organization's values, or there has to be some separation. Because if values do conflict, um, and as we said, sometimes uh, one value drives business forward, sometimes the opposite drives business forward in a different situation. So what happens when two people that are optimizing in opposite directions try to work together? It doesn't work. I bet... Um, I bet most people can think of an example of this happening. Mm -hmm. One person wants to optimize for speed. The other one, per the other person wants to optimize for quality or, or cost and quality. Uh, and, uh, you know, those two people are not going to get along, but they're both right. I mean, they're both serving the, the interests of the business structure they're in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you just, you just have to understand what the values are that lead you forward right. um, and what hold you back. That brings me to the old, the old analogy. You know, you can get something fast, you can get something good, or you can get something um, uh, cheap. Pick two. Pick two. You can't have three. <laughs> that's right. So, and that's kind of, I guess, where the CEO would come into it in that aspect. Um, yeah. It's just, I think it's important that all teams have their own set of values. They can be slightly different, but they must be congruent with the overall organization. Yes, uh, and definitely a team that's focused on, um, you know, quality assurance may be different from a team that's focused on, um, you know, innovation. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that, that can be a, a different, they could fit under a value system for the overall organization, but within that team, you know, you yeah. can say here, you know, what matters is quality. Here's what matters is speed. Right. And so I, I come out of the background with real estate and mortgage banking. An underwriter is going to want to do things as extremely quality control based, whereas right. an originator is going to do it for more of a quantity driven base. And so yeah, quantity and, and speed, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there, there's differences, but they all have to kind of, I hate the analogy here of work like a clock where each hand has to work within the mechanism to drive yeah. it all the way through. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when I think of the, um, uh, you know, sort of the, challenges of values that we see on the national stage all the time. It's not that some people are right and some people are wrong. It's that some people are interested in optimizing in one direction and some people are interested in optimizing the other direction. And that's because that's what they need. Mm -hmm. right. Some people are, are concerned with building, you know, driving into the future as quickly as possible. Other people are concerned with preserving the past. And that's, that's a very natural difference. It's not to say people are good or bad. It's just that we have different differences. Values. We're just, we are, we are different. And that I think the strength of diversity is what brings us together in the most incredible ways. That's right. Yeah. You know, and that's so if, awesome. we can, if we can have uh, if we can have a safe space to have those discussions and share those, uh, share those differences, I think we can get more done than if we, um, than if we don't. 
I tend to agree with that completely. So in your, um, in your values, I'm, I'm just looking at here. Don't go it alone. Solve the essential problems first. Validate early and often. Measure what matters. Okay, I'm going to come back to that one in a minute. Create safety for others. Practice empathy. I love be your authentic self. Always be growing. Do what you love. And then you've got one that says do stuff that matters. But we've got to do it and we've got to measure it in there. Yeah. So tell you us know, about where, the, where these come from and how, how did you get to these? Yeah. Um, so these, these um, you know, we, we came through through that process of discovery within the organization, looking at what made us successful in the past and what we want to build our success on in the future. And, um, you know, they are all related to togetherness. They all uh, stem out of the root of that tree, um, which, uh, you know, when we talk about measure what matters, validate early and often, that's actually a form of togetherness. Yeah. Because it means that we're together with the end user, we're together with our customer, um, our client, and we're validating often, measuring what matters, so that we're staying in relationship. We're staying in a state of success in that relationship. As we build and as we innovate, we know that what we're doing is always the right thing because we don't wait until the end of a huge development arc to check and see if we're doing the right thing. We check at the beginning, we check often, we check every step of the way. In mm -hmm. fact, we do continuous software validation, which is that whenever we create um, any, any piece of software, any unit of software, we test it continuously to ensure that it's doing what we think it's doing and what's going to create value for the end user. So that's, that's a value that drives our business operationally, but it's also a form of togetherness, which, which is the belief, mm -hmm. the root of the value system. Right, right. And that, may, that makes sense. Um, it, it's kind of like you're doing a constant beta test of every step. Yeah, you know, and there's, um, I actually have a couple of copies of a book called The Lean Startup back there, but that's, that's what that book is about. It's, a, it's an inspirational book. If you're going to start a startup, um, you know, the best thing to do is to, See if people are going to buy it first. <laughs> so uh, you want to take before you go to Shark Tank, make sure people buy it. Will validate the product. It's called a minimum viable product. As much as that term is used and abused and overused today, um, that's the idea behind it. Definitely make sure people are going to buy it before you try to go to Shark Tank. Exactly. <laughs> so when we when you look at it and everything, bringing this all full circle. Okay. Within GenUI, you, let's just give yourself a little plug here. What does GenUI do? I've looked on your website, and you, you develop a lot. So just yeah. give us a little commercial there, if you would, on what GenUI is. Sure. So fundamentally, we accelerate technology roadmaps uh, for our customers. So um, every organization today is dealing with the challenges of digital innovation. Um, show me a company that's not a software company and I'll, I'll prove to you that it is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the software is eating the world, the way uh, Mark Andreessen says it. So, uh, you know, you, uh, in every organization, you have to innovate. And innovation is a challenge. It requires a lot, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of culture, a lot of safety, all the things we talked about. And so um, most organizations have a technology roadmap that they want to accomplish faster than they're able to uh, with the resources they have. Our customers often say we have a ton of smart people. They're all doing amazing things, 
But there's all this other stuff that we can't get done because the challenges of digital innovation are so many. And so we can help accelerate those technology roadmaps and get people to the software products, digital solutions that are going to create the future of their business faster. And in a competitive uh, environment, one that's changing rapidly due to the pandemic, everything, it's critical that, that uh, organizations innovate uh, quickly and that that's what we can help them with. And it's, you've got it right there because today we've got to do it much more quickly than we did you know, 100 years ago. And getting that, getting it out there is, it's everything today. And the, the rate of change seems to be. Oh, we've, we've been in critical oh, mass on the rate of change the future, for the last. We, we need to innovate even faster. And yeah. that's, uh, that's the key challenge. It's one of the core challenges of uh, life and business today. Mm -hmm. I remember reading an article, I think it was in Business Week magazine back in 1996. And I, if I remember correctly, it was near the end. It was like October, November, December of 96. And it said, 80% of the technology we will be using in the year 2000 has yet to be invented. <laughs> now, I think most of what we're going to be using in five years has yet to be invented right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, well... It's, you know, if you, if you remember when we started the company, you know, the big idea was a computer in your pocket. There were, there were some smartphones, but they weren't great. They didn't have touch screens. Mm -hmm. iPhone was the first one. And now it's, it's so ubiquitous. We take it for granted, but we wouldn't have um, so many things that we take for granted today. And that was just 11 years ago. Yeah. It's just amazing how quickly it happens. What's it going to look like in another 11 years? If we had the answer to that question, I think we would all be on board with doing something about it. Well, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to be working in this uh, industry and to be a part of, uh, you know, things that are changing so rapidly. That's, that's uh, the most fun you can have. And that's why I'm doing what I do for a living. Right. And you're doing what you do for a living. And speaking about the values, you're not only putting your values out, you're sharing your values and talking about how to work with other organizations and the fact that you only partner with people who also have like-minded values. And that's, that's so key. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, sometimes, sometimes our customers have different um, value systems that drive their businesses, but we partner with them because they need that ability to innovate that safe space. Mm -hmm. and so, um, but yeah, definitely at the, at the core, we partner with those who believe in, doing it together. Mm -hmm. That works not just on the individual level, but also on the corporate level. Right. Uh, not, not every organization has everything that it needs to be successful. And so reaching outside uh, for consulting, uh, you know, is, is just a part right. of that same belief. Right. Well, the great athlete, um, Wilma Rudolph, track and field said, regardless of what you do in life, someone else helped you. Yeah, that's right. If H.G. Wells was the greatest science fiction author of all time, it was only because he stood on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Yeah. And recognizing that. That's I right. love your statement, a collaborative approach uh, that drives all we do, which I think is so powerful. And then something you said very early on in our talk today was you believe that future is being built together. That's right. And 
we never know where that together person is going to come from. You know, it's, yeah. it's so powerful. Do you have any yeah. closing thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Um, just that, you know, thank you very much for that. And yeah, I think, I think that's right. That if you look at the most successful innovations, um, you know, that we all enjoy and celebrate today, um, they come from very dynamic and aligned cultures of collaboration. That's, in my view, that's the only place they come from. And uh, having a system of values that can create that alignment, that can create the processes that drive that collaboration, um, that's the key uh, work of a leader, not to prescribe them, but to curate them and to bring them to the organization and to reflect them back to the organization and, and say, you know, this is what we're all about. This is what drives and creates success for us together. And that's, that's absolutely awesome. And it fits right in with what the teamwork advantage is all about. It, it pulls that culture piece in and it understands that leaders have to be part of that culture. Team members are part of that culture and we pull it all together. And that, that's so powerful. And I really appreciate the time you've given us. You hear my dog going crazy upstairs. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, having me on the program. It was a pleasure. Well, I appreciate your time today. And as everybody knows, my philosophy is very simple, folks. Very, very simple. Don't have a good day because that's just being average. Until next time, be sure to make it a great week. We'll see you then with another guest on the Teamwork Advantage. This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit teamsrock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average.